Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the Darkest Timeline podcast, so it's just uh, me for the day. Um, there'll be something from the last week, and I guess, and I'm sure there'll be games, movies and TV. So yeah, here we go, this is CookieCast, the Darkest Timeline podcast. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Right, right, right. Oh my word. Whoever thought that toilet training plus clocks change was going to be a good idea is all I can really say. It's been an interesting few days. I'll probably leave that there. Um, hello, it's me. It's CookieCast, Darkest Timeline Podcast. Uh, normally, I'd be recording this 7 o'clock Monday night. It is 2 minutes to 10. Um, so that can give you some idea of how my day is going. Um, right. This week, I've got a bit of a list. However... I was looking at my list earlier and was like, to be fair, I don't think that's all that much stuff. Uh, Anyway. So, let's talk about something that's happened in the last week. Um, Something that's happened in the last week is I went swimming. Again. Um, As with any sort of physical activity, um, I like to try and do more than last time I feel that's a good way to keep improving Um, so I set out to do a whole two more lengths than I'd done the last time I went and was swimming lengths Um, swimming is just the weirdest beast as as an activity I know they say it's like one of the best physical activities you can do um but man so i went and i swam and like i'm an old man now so you know you've got the shoulders clicking the arms clicking it hurting when i'm doing a certain thing it hurting when i'm doing something else um obviously as you swimming and you you're doing more and more the clicking stops and the 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 various bits of pain stop and it becomes a bit more natural so i swam did about half an hour 35 minutes uh then got out you know dry dress shower all that uh, and and came home and I think I, I might have talked about this before. I might be, I might be rehashing something I've talked about before, but how exhausting swimming is. Um, I came back and like, it got to to the afternoon, and I felt like I was that tired that 
I couldn't think. It was a bit... I just, I couldn't form a coherent sentence. I couldn't make my brain do what it needed to do. It was, yeah, it was a bit crazy. Um, so that was swimming. Um, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I've been, I've been swimming since then. Went swimming uh, yesterday. Um, it's different when you've got children. Children swimming is much, much different to swimming on your own. Um, so you've got that. It's kind of playing, not swimming, when it's with children, um, which is fine. You know, it's, it's it's good activity. It's a good thing to to do, be able to do. Um, so yeah. In the last week, there's been a birthday. Um, that was intense. I always, <clears throat> I was fine with like events, um, you know, birthdays and things like that. I'm always super organized to start with. Then as it gets closer to the, the day, I can fence myself or I'm or I've left like I get super organized to start with and then there's like a gap and then it's like I'm always screeching in at the last minute like the day before it was like okay I need you know th those last few bits I needed um, a particular type of candle I needed um, a couple of bits of like food for part like party food. Um, what else was something else? Oh, I've gone to look for a pair of boots. Um, you know, all all those sorts of like last minute things. Um, and I was still shopping the morning of because there was some stuff that I wanted to get fresh. So. Uh, you know, got up nice and early, got ready nice and early, went out nice and early, bought what I needed to buy nice and early, and came back so that I could crack on with the day. Um, but yeah, that's sort of that's been the last the last week. It's been intense. It's been intense. Um, so yeah, birthdays and swimming has been the uh, the big part of the last week um, I've mentioned this before I know I have because funnily enough the the, the next two subjects are roughly linked um, <clears throat> sorry I've, I've got a frog um, <clears throat> which compared to the last couple of podcasts where I've spent half of the time coughing um, a frog is probably a slight improvement. Um, so I've mentioned this before, uh, and nothing's changed. Uh, it's the uh, I love a collaboration. Um, often in music, it's where I find my favourite sort of collaborations. Um, when you get two different genres and you mix them together, I often find them to be more appealing. Um, 
rap and metal, dance and metal, um, reggae and metal. Um, so I love a collaboration. A few months back, um, two of my favourite comedians um, release started releasing a, I think it's fortnightly or it might be monthly podcast, uh, which is Bert Kreischer and Tom Segoya are doing Two Bears, One Cave, um, which I was super excited about. Obviously, me and my podcasts have an extensive backlog of podcasts at most of the time. Um, I thought I was getting, thought I was getting caught up recently, and then no, is the short version. Um, I listened to a good few Two Bears One Cave, um, very enjoyable, a lot of fun. Um, you know, Tom Segura, Bert Kreischer, uh, very entertaining. Um, put those two guys together, even more entertaining. So, that's kind of cool. Saw something the other day, I was like, what is this? Mind blown. Um, so, I saw that, Bert Kreischer again, and Bill Burr have also done a podcast together. They've released the first episode. I think it's um, cleverly named the Bill and Bert podcast. Uh, but the premise of it is that they just talk, they get, you know, they talk through stuff in the time it takes them to smoke a cigar. And uh, like with a lot of podcasts these days, um, there's a, vid a video version which you can find on YouTube, which I looked up just to see what it looked like. And the cigars that they were smoking, I'm not sure I've ever seen cigars look like that. They are huge. Um, like, like you imagine, um, <clears throat> back in, I like, feel like Tom and Jerry era when they would do like a fat cat, like a businessman fat cat smoking a cigar. The cartoon version cigar that they used to use. These things look like that. Um, so I was just like, oh wow. Uh, yet again, two of my favourite comedians doing a podcast together. Download immediately. Haven't wa haven't watched it all. Uh, watched just like a snippet. Um, but I, like I say, downloaded it, subscribed immediately. I imagine that's going to be one that's uh, going to become a firm favourite. Um, so yeah. Enjoyable podcast stuff on the horizon. Um, right, let's talk about some stuff um, that I've been doing or watching or playing. A lot of it's going to be watching. Um, let's have a look. Um, I've just realised that I've actually watched more than is on my list. So I was just adding those. Obviously that's very rude. Um, right, okay. So the last we spoke, I had watched uh, a series called The Defiant Ones. Um, 
I think I recommended it to somebody recently and they were like, yep, seeing it, it's great. Um, I took the time to finish the Defiant Ones. Um, just a just fantastic program. Just really good. Um, if, I'll have said this last week, but if you are in any way remotely interested in music, if you like hip-hop, if you like... I suppose it's like classic, not classic, well classic, not classical, uh, classic sort of music. Um, so you've got Dr. Dre on one side, you've got Jimmy Iovine on the other side, and how they sort of came together. Um, got that finished up, like I say, it's only four episodes, or like I said last time, it's only four episodes. They're at about an hour apiece, well worth your time if you have any interest or if you just have interest in like big business because there's a lot of towards the back end um when dre was coming up to selling beats um and all that sort of stuff uh that's very interesting uh obviously it's that almost comical thing that dre made more money from selling beats than he ever did from hip-hop um there was a great quote by snoop dogg because they were talking about this like elusive dr dre album and he's like in 15 years uh it's been 15 years since since dre last released an album i've released four albums in that time um so yeah that was enjoyable that's a recommendation from me to you um just like massively influential people doing massively influential things over many many years um i think the weirdest thing was watching it and uh, one of the guys that they had on like the jimmy iovine side was tom petty and he was like talking about how certain things went at certain times and things like that and realizing that tom petty's dead and it was it was a bit sp- it was a bit spooky i know like you can watch stuff and go oh you know he's dead but this was like <clears throat> obviously the the show's relatively current um so having him sort of sitting there talking was a bit like oh god you know um and then yeah towards the back end they get into the sort of the the nine inch nails and the marilyn manson era which um obviously i know more about than a lot of the other stuff um but yeah super interesting uh program it's on netflix if you've got netflix um or if you're one of the few people that pay for netflix although apparently they're clamping down on that now um give it a whirl you know watch 10 minutes of the first episode see what you think sort of thing that's how i watch most things i'll give i'll give it 10 minutes and see um so yeah i'm just finishing up that sort of review from last week really um now then i watched i did watch something and i was a bit like i'll put it on the list but i'm a bit like you kind of need to have a specific interest in a specific thing to find this interesting um no big secret to anybody who's been listening recently or anybody that knows me um probably my top sort of favorite band at the moment is skindred uh me and james panas traveled to middlesbrough to see them recently saw them a few months ago i say a few months ago it feels like that might be a bit longer 
Well, let's go with a few months. Doesn't hugely matter. I saw them in York uh, at Fibbers a little while ago. Um, I believe, I, I think that you will be very hard pushed to find a band that works the crowd the way they do. I honestly believe you will struggle to find a band that works, interacts, gets the crowd going the way they do. And that's part of the reason that I enjoy them so much. <sighs> I saved you from the uh, from the energy drink this week. That doesn't mean I didn't have one. I just had one before I started. And by one, I of course mean to. Um, <clears throat> so, on YouTube, I stumbled across a documentary. Um, it'll be a little out of date, if I'm honest, because they were talking about the... Towards the back end of the documentary, they were talking about the like what was supposedly the current album, and it's the album before last. So, not a super current documentary, but it's a documentary about Skidred. It was about an hour long. Um, I'm not going to tell you to go and watch it, unless you are a fan of the band Skindred, or unless you want a bit of an insight into the music business, because that was, it was like two sides. It was like them as a band, how they interact, how they came together, how they write music, how they do this. There's always, in these things, there's always like somebody's arguing with somebody else in the studio about a song that one of them likes and one of them doesn't. It's, it's standard. Year and a half in the life of Metallica, or some kind of monster, or... Anything like that. Um, so there's that. But there is that insight into the music business. Um, you have that sort of, you know, everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants to be rich and famous. Um, and then I think when you catch a glimpse of what it's actually like to be rich to be famous, to be rich and famous. It, it often comes across as it's not always, it's not all it's cracked up to be. You know, they, they talk about, you know, you write an album, and once it's written, you go into the studio, you record the album, then you go on tour, and when you're not, like you, you're performing at night, but during the day you're, you know, you're having this interview or that meeting or that conversation or you're on this TV programme or you're on that radio show and, you know, radio shows are often at six o'clock in the morning and obviously you're performing the night before and they talk about, you know, oh my God, it's, ter it's terrible for them. And they talk about like the drinking and you imagine the drugs and, you know, it's... Sometimes I look at things like that and think, it must be awful. I mean, it can't be that bad because, you know, you, people wouldn't do it. Um, but I often think, like, if you're a band that's been popular and successful for various pieces of music you've written, and you're going out to, you know, huge crowds, but you're playing the same song that you played two nights before to 
a similar size crowd that you've played five, six, seven thousand times before. It must be a chore. You know, there was a bit where they were talking about like the travelling and, you know, there was a point where they they weren't even allowed a tour bus, they got a tour van and like how uncomfortable it was being in this van and you know, there was like a bit where they'd got to a hotel that they they were performing that night and they got to the hotel and got into bed at like five in the morning. And, you know, there are aspects that must be awful. Um, so it was a documentary. Um, it was made by one of the guys in the band, but it was very well done. Um, and... For me, things I enjoy, things that I like, I like to sort of learn about or absorb as much as I can or, you know, whatever. Um, so I like, I like stuff like that. It, it was an hour out of an evening that I was waiting for a podcast to code. So <clears throat> it, was, it was an enjoyable time to watch and to see. Uh, but there were points where I was a bit like, oh man, you know, everybody wants to be rich and famous, but... Do you really? Um, but anyway, there you go. Just, uh, uh, I can't even tell you, I, I think it was just, I can't even tell you what it was called. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it was a documentary on YouTube. Um, I wonder if I do. Oh, I wonder if that brings up. Ah, oh, there we go. It is called Skindred Rude Boys for Life Documentary. It was uploaded two years ago. It's an hour and three minutes. And... There you go. As this all came off the back of, I've been watching a lot of, like, Skindred live videos. Um, so, excuse me, um... I've been up a long time at this point in time. Um, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Skindred live videos, um, which are very enjoyable, in my opinion. Anyway, let's have a look at this list. So, I watched the Defiant ones. Uh, I feel like I maybe had a bit of a... like a TV program overload... Um, I've got various things on my list of stuff to watch. Um, there is... Oh, I went to watch... Like, I went... I put Netflix on to watch The Irishman. Because I was under the impression that it had been out a while. Uh, and it hasn't been released yet. Um, that's that new Martin Scorsese film. With Robert De Niro and, um, Joe Pesci and stuff. Um... So, I'd watched all these programs. I watched Raising Dion. I watched the Defiant ones, um, All or Nothing, uh, Preach, just back to back to back to back to back. And I'd really struggled to get the films watched. Um, obviously, it took me what was it like three weeks or something to watch that Hitman Redemption film. Um, so, I've sort of switched over to watching films. 
Unfortunately for you guys, I haven't watched anything super current apart from one thing, which you probably all won't have as much interest in. Um, so I watched a film called Dreamcatcher, not a current movie. Um, I saw this film years ago. So I'm not going to look it up, but I would say it could be 15 years ago I saw this film. Um, to the point that I'd forgotten that one of the main actors in it, if not what could be considered the main actor, was Tom Jane. And one of the other main actors in it was Timothy Oliphant. Um, like it's got Morgan Freeman in it, it's got Tom Sizemore in, uh, Jason Lee, uh, like I say, Tom, Tom Jane, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Why do I feel like there's somebody else? Oh, um, Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> He's in it. Um, yeah, in hindsight, I remember watching this film, like I say, I'm going to go out on limb and say 15 years ago, and thinking it was fantastic, which 15 years ago it probably was. Um, going back and watching it a couple of days ago, hadn't it didn't stand up overly well. Um, Morgan Freeman's acting's a bit dicey in it, and Tom Sizemore's acting's a little bit rough in it. Um, it's a Stephen King film. Um, from what I was told originally, not a great adaptation of the book. Um, I think, as with a lot of things, there was a lot lost between the book and the film. Um, but I enjoy it. Um, I've seen it before. I think I will have owned it on DVD. But there's a possibility that it will have gone in one of the multitude multitude of DVD purges we've had over the last few years. Um, seen it before, watched it again recently because it was on Prime and I was looking for a film. And I just scrolled past it and I was like, ooh, that's an enjoyable film. I still enjoyed it, but it was... Like I say, it was a little bit rough around the edges watching it this time. Um, I'd certainly recommend it. Principle is... <sighs> alien Invasion. Um, and you've got this, this group of four friends. Um, and there's an alien invasion. They're in a cabin in the hills. There's snow. Stephen King seems to do a lot of snow. Um, and... There's an alien invasion in the small town where the cabin is. And the army come. It's probably the best way to explain it. Um, the four friends have a very special connection. Um, and it's sort of the, how the four friends are dealing with this alien invasion. And how the army are dealing with the alien invasion. Um... Some interesting special effects. By that I mean a few years ago they were probably considered to be quite good. And a lot of them are probably still now quite good. Whereas some, not so much. 
Um, so that is Dreamcatcher, Stephen King's Dreamcatcher. Uh, again, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to tell you to go and watch it. I would recommend it as a reasonable film to watch. Just don't expect greatness. I don't expect it to have aged overly well. Um, this is one of those. I started, uh, the minute I finished that, I started watching another film. Uh, I haven't finished it. Um, but I don't th feel it needs a review as such. Um, again, scrolling through, scrolling through. You know how it goes. Scrolling through. And I came across Men in Black 3. Um, I rather enjoy the Men in Black films. I honestly don't think... This is one of those. I think given the choice... I don't think I'd go back and watch 1 and 2. But I'd happily put number 3 on. Which is just a... I don't know, a random strained observation at this point in time. Um, don't know if I can explain it right now. But I put Men in Black 3 on and I got so far. Uh, that's got time travelling. Uh, and there was some time travelling going on. Again, it's not a super current film. I'm not going to review it because, you know, like I say, I haven't finished it. And I can't imagine you need me to review Men in Black 3 at this point in time. Uh, moving on. Now then, I did watch a, a very current film. Unfortunately, yet again, unless you're in a certain cross-section of people, you're probably not going to find this one interesting. But, as is the way these things work, this is a film I have watched, so I'm relaying this information to you. Um... I watched the animated movie Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. And apparently it was that good that we needed to watch it again. So um, something that I find quite enjoyable in various different ways is that um, my children enjoy things that I used to enjoy years ago um, I'd like to say as a child but let's face it you and I both know that's not true I enjoyed these things as as a fully grown adult um, fully grown in body not in mind um, so going all the way back to the 90s I thoroughly enjoyed the 90s Batman the animation um, and then I sort of followed that through in the DC side of things. Um, animated Batman is hands down possibly one of the best representations of Batman there's ever been. Uh, voiced by Kevin Conroy. Mark Hamill does the voice of the Joker whenever the Joker's in it. The animation style, the music. Every, anybody, you anybody you talk to, anybody you ask, any fan of it, it's just, it's a it's a thing of beauty. It's a work of art, you know. Um, so that's that. Obviously, you go from there. You've got um, there was a Superman, which I I always had that issue with Superman. I just felt he was just hugely overpowered. Um, you know, what's what's his biggest issue? He's got an allergic reaction to a green rock. 
Uh, it must be awful for him. Um, on the other hand, he can fly super strong, practically invulnerable, can shoot lasers out of his eyes, so on and so forth. Let's not forget the uh, cellophane S. Um, but, you know, when, when you're a certain type of person at a certain type of age, you kind of take what you can get. So from Batman, we get to Superman. There was also a Batman and Superman TV, animated TV show. Um, and then we get the Justice League. And that's when it really kicks off because you've got not just Batman and Superman, you've now got Wonder Woman and uh, Green Lantern and The Flash and all these guys. And then you get another version of the Justice League, which is even more characters. It's even bigger so you've got all of that going on. Um, further down the line, there's another Batman. Further down the line, there's another Batman. Uh, I think there's been like five or six different versions, different animated versions of Batman. Somewhere along the line, Teen Titans. Excuse me while I have a drink. So Teen Titans works on the Brent's ball there. There's Robin, and he's got this little team, this little team of people. Honestly, I'm not going to bore you with the details. Um, I can name, like, three fully grown adults that find this interesting, and they already know. Um, something that I find enjoyable for, for whatever way you want to look at it, um, my children enjoy some of the things that I used to and probably still do enjoy um my kids are mad on teen titans they love to watch it um they love to dress up pretend um and they love the teen titans so we had teen titans go to the movies goes to the movies um that film has been watched a good few times in our house. And more recently was released earlier this month, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Works on the principle that Teen Titans Go is the more recent incarnation of the Teen Titans. Um, it's supposed to be a, a funnier, more child-friendly version. And then there's the other version, the older version, which is considered to be the serious version, which... They were never all, all that serious. Um, and those two come together in one film. Um, from a, a, a child-like adult perspective, it was enjoyable. I love these films because they know that they're, they're at, the target audience is children. But who is it that takes children to watch these things? It's adults. So they give jokes for everybody. So... Um, there was various points where my children were in absolute stitches watching this and there was various points where I was in stitches watching it and never the two shall meet um, you know I'm the only one laughing versus they're rolling around and I'm like yeah yeah very good um, thoroughly enjoyable all round good wholesome family fun and like I say, it was that good that we had to watch it again today, which I've got no objections to. Um, 
you know, at the end of the day, there's worse things in life. Um, speaking of films for the whole family, um, the other film that we had to watch as a family was... Now then, it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Is it? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. 1971. Jeebus. That means I was two years out on that one because I said it was made in the 60s. Naughty. Um, we got this on Blu-ray. Um, and I, part way through, I commented, I was like, obviously this is on Blu-ray, but there's obviously been like a clean-up and a restoration done to this film. It looked amazing. For something that was made in the 70s, it looked beautiful. Um, obviously, it's a classic. Um, and I think from that time to this time, the definition of classic was was it a flop originally? We were watching like a making of documentary and it was talking about the fact that it wasn't hugely successful when it first came out. Um, I think that's the making of a classic from those days. Um, that they, they, you know, something that's revered years later is a flop at the time. Um, prime example would have been like the Blues Brothers. Um, huge flop. Cinema-wise, then it gets released on video and it's massive. Um, so, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That film is... Interesting. Uh, I didn't want to say anything at the time. Um, there's a couple of... There's a couple of interactions in that film that are a little bit... Mm, you certainly wouldn't have them this day and age. I know that for a fact. Um, the like the the sweet shop at the scene at the beginning is like a sweet shop scene at the beginning. For those of you who don't know, um, yeah, go back and watch it now with nowadays eyes, and yeah, it's it's a bit close to the bone. Um, also, um, me and my eldest have just read the book. And by that I mean I read her the book. Um, thoroughly enjoyable experience reading that book with her. Um, super exciting. It was it was a whole whole all round enjoyable experience to read that book with her. Um, to then fast forward a little bit to then sit and watch her watch the film. Um, that in itself was a, a magical experience. Um, she just super reacting to the, to what's going on on the screen. It was, it was really good. Um, so we read the book and obviously there's very, there's a big difference between the book and the film in more cases than, you know, I invite you to read World War Z and then watch the film and see if you can find any similarities between the two. Um, so, we read the book. Great, enjoyable time. We watched the film. To be fair, 
barring like one scene in the film, I would say that that the book and the film are almost identical in a lot of ways. Something that really stood out to me. In the book, Grandpa Joe in the book is super loving and super caring and you genuinely feel that he just wants the best for Charlie because Charlie is such a good boy, such a good child. And it really comes across in the book, this love between this um, this grandparent and this child. Um, we're reading The Witches at the moment. And something that Roald Dahl seems to write exceptionally well is these family relationships, these family dynamics. Um, what, what is apparently uh, between like grandparents and children. Um, these really strong bonds. And that really comes across in the book. Something that really stood out when watching the film. And this, to me, is an example of poor writing. Is, in the film, Grandpa Joe is just out for himself. And he, you know, like a lot of the time he's, he's going through the motions of the way that the grandparent in the book does. Oh, you know, uh, I got you this, I got you that. I, I gave up this and you can have it and... All of that, which is in the book, but in a lot of ways, in the film, it feels very much like he's just going through the motions. And in actual fact, he's just out for himself. There's, there's a song. When Charlie gets the ticket, Grandpa Joe sings this song. And it's like, he's singing about how he's got this... I mean, the song is, I've got a golden ticket. and But he hasn't. Charlie's got it. But the song is him singing about having this golden ticket. It's like, it's not, not your ticket, mate. It's the kids. And then, there's a bit later on. I can't remember what it was. Where there's something about Charlie's going to get something or be given something... Or maybe it's at the end. And like talking about like who's going to live in the factory. And again, Grandpa Joe just cares about himself. Doesn't care about Charlie. Doesn't care about the rest of the family. He just cares about himself. And I was like, why would you have done this? Because it's just, they could have just written it in a particular way, taking it straight from the book. And it would have given a completely different take on that character, that film, that... It was just really odd. That, and... Some of the songs in that film... I don't, I don't know if I remembered that it was... You know, technically it's a musical... I don't think I'd remembered that. I knew there was like the Umpa Lumpa song. And I know that there's the bit where they go through the tunnel. Um, and he's going like... The Willy Wonka's talking. But I'd forgotten how much music there was in it. Some of the songs in that film are awful. There's the mother singing a song about Charlie. 
It was awful. Just, yeah. However, what I will say is this. Um, it must have been restored and it looks amazing. It was thoroughly enjoyable to watch it, even though it had a couple of small issues. It was thoroughly enjoyable to watch my eldest watching it. She, you know, like those points where, like, I think it was when he, when he gets the ticket and she was like, wow. And like a, like a facial expression when things were happening on the screen were awesome. Uh, and that was enjoyable. Um, Gene Wilder. As I said, like at the start of the film, I was like, of that time, was there a finer actor? Gene Wilder is one of my favourite films, which is the producers. Um, and he, he's absolutely fantastic in that. He's he's really good in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, he Obviously, he did a lot of work with Richard Pryor. Um, and I mean, let's not forget Blazing Saddles. Mwah! What a what a role. Um he was he was fantastic uh an actor. Um so yeah, we watched Willy Wonka, um having read the book and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, I've got a reminder on my phone which I keep snoozing because uh, I haven't got time to do it right now. Um but I had a notification saying that Bojack Horseman, I think it's series eight is is on netflix and i was like yeah boy um if you've never watched it i can heartily recommend it but what i will say is this it is an animated tv program so obviously not everyone's cup of tea and the world that they live in is like half humans and then the other half are like humanoid animals so it can be a bit confusing that way Hands down, the single darkest TV program ever made. Some of the content in that program is so dark, you can't believe it's actually happening. And I think that is a huge reason that it's animated. So dark. So good, but so dark. Um, right, let's talk some games. I haven't played a game in a couple of days. I, it felt like longer, but I think my days just feel quite long at the moment. When your day starts at five o'clock, it's, uh, yeah, your days feel really long. Anyway, um, I haven't played it, get any games for a couple of days. Um, I'm still playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, that's not going so well. I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, let's talk some VR. Two things about VR. Number one, I'm not sure if I spoke about it, but I bought um, Gun Club VR. Uh, really enjoyable game. I, I'd, I'd hesitated getting it. It was in the £15 club, as I like to call it. Load of games on VR are 15 quid. Um, 
One of the biggest issues you have with VR stuff from what I've seen is the length of the actual game. Um, you know, if you look at things like Star Wars, you're paying money for 25 minutes of gameplay. But, in actual fact, I feel that you're paying for other bits. So, you've got the lightsaber dojo in episode 2 is hands down worth every penny of the £8. Then you move up a level and you're talking... Well, it's like 11 quid, then you move up again, it's like 15 quid. Then you move up again, like 19 pounds, and then you go up again to like your expensive games, your 23s, your 24s. <coughs> um, Gun Club, 15 quid. Everything I saw, I was like, it just looks like a shooting range. So... Uh, you know, how interesting is that going to be? What sort of longevity is there in that? Spoke to Luke, uh, and he was like, oh, gun clubs, loads of fun. Yeah, loads of fun. Only the, only the pistols are any good for, like, the guns you get. Um, but it's loads of fun. So I picked it up, um, having ummed and armed for a while. I was like, well, you know, I do like guns. I seem to remember saying that on the last podcast, so I've probably mentioned Gun Club VR already. Um, it's it's really enjoyable. It's, um, you know, you buy a gun and you can buy upgrades for that gun. More, uh, like bigger clips so you can carry more ammo. I recently got a clip for a gun that's like two barrels and it holds a hundred rounds of ammunition. Um, so when you get out on the various different shooting ranges you basically never need to reload um so yeah you get like upgrades better ammo better um capacities better accuracy better um like you can put attachments on so like laser sights and flashlights uh haven't found anything to put the grenade launcher on yet i think i'll have to put that on my machine gun I've got a couple of machine guns, got a couple of shotguns. Shotguns aren't massively useful. Uh, they take far too long to reload. Um, and then in the later levels of the game, um, speed and accuracy is important. There's one element to the game which is simultaneously fun and cool, but could be better. Um, so there's like, there's a zombie section, which is cool. Um, there's a, at times it can be a touch scary, um, only when they sort of surround you. However, again, I think I mentioned this at the time, I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, it'd be nice if the zombies were actual zombies rather than cardboard cutouts from a shooting range. Um... There's some cool challenges like the sideshow thing, like shooting targets and stuff. Um, I've gone back to like the shooting range where you shoot um, the tar like paper cut out targets of enemies, but you move around the area. I've gone to do that. Um, the aim of the game is to just get loads of money so you can buy new guns and buy new attachments. Um, but it's a lot of fun and it's keeping me entertained. Um, I keep going back to Star Wars, trying to get those extra stars and get those extra 
like things unlocks uh but i'm really i'm really on the bare bones now like i'd have to hit like 120 enemies in four minutes to unlock a star that sort of thing um so that's kind of been it for, for vr i had full intention of buying um a new vr game but i was really torn around what to get not like should i get this or should i get that more of a what of the little stuff i don't have should i get um and then i got paid and i'd forgotten that i'm on uh i'm on the bare bones money wise at the moment because it's that time of year where it's like pay for this birthday pay for this thing pay for this night out pay for this oh and that's right it's christmas um so it's probably a good thing that there's not much out and about um anyway that's vr i might as apparently arizona sunshine is not coming anytime soon i might pick something up at some point who knows well, the coffin started. I honestly thought I might get through today's without it. Right, let's talk about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Ghost Recon Breakpoint is a lot of good ideas put into one game executed exceptionally badly. So I thought I was... Uh, part of the reason that I'd written Breakpoint down on my list was that's the game I'm playing. But I've seen a couple of things in the last week around it. So the CEO of Ubisoft has released a statement saying that they massively ballsed up with the release of Breakpoint. Uh, for them, it's going to be a learning curve. They're really disappointed, blah, 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 blah. Um, just basically that they massively fucked up A, this game, B, the release, and so on. Subsequently, Ubisoft then announced that they are delaying a multitude of games. Uh, what was what was that? I saw? Watch Dogs Legion. The next Rainbow Six... And something else which I can't remember right now. All of them are being delayed until well into next year. To polish and refine and make generally better. Um, there was this whole thing I wanted to talk about with uh, Bethesda. Um, there's been this fallout thing where they've tried to get people to sign up to a subscription service. Obviously, Bethesda being Bethesda have completely dropped the ball with this subscription service. And the best thing that I saw recently was that they didn't secure the website for Fallout 76 and they allowed it to lapse and somebody else bought it and then apparently has been posting like anti-Fallout stuff on this website. Uh, which is fantastic. I think I think we should all be doing stuff like that. Um, so, breakpoint. I mean, 
there's just no substance to the game. It's go here and do this. And if you ask why, the answer is we don't know. Like it, with Wildlands, you've had this like sense of purpose. I've said this before. Wildlands, you had a sense of purpose. You were doing it for a reason. Breakpoint can't even tell you why you're doing what you're doing when you're doing it. You know, you go and speak to a guy and a guy says, um, oh, I need you to do this. And it's like, all right, why? Yeah, don't ask. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. It's just a it's just a game that doesn't have any substance to it. Um, Luke sent me a picture the other day. Yeah, I think he was in Tesco's and they were selling it for thirty pounds. Now obviously we live in a world where when games get released, they're released at fifty pounds. This game's been out three weeks, is it? At this point in time. 30 quid, that's a massive price drop. Um, it's it's a shame because, you know, when you see the reviews and the reviews are, this is a massive step back for the franchise. You know, stuff like that just kills, it kills franchises, which is the issue. Ghost Recon has been a fantastic franchise up till this point. Um, I am still playing it. And I'm going to keep playing it until I can get some kind of resolution. I know it's one of these games that doesn't... A lot of its elements don't have an end. Um, so I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to play until I finish it. I'm going to play until I finish the story. Um, but I have been leaning a little bit heavier on the story missions recently. Rather than the side missions. Because... For want of a better way of putting it, there's just nothing there. There's just nothing of any real merit in the game. You know, it's got a cool weapon system. You know, it's got a cool... You pick up guns and those guns are better. I wish Borderlands would adopt it. I've said this before. Um, you know, you can get cool upgrades to add to your weapons. And your, your skill tree. Um, I mean, I've bought all the skills at this point that would affect my character without having to, you know, equip this skill or unequip that skill. I'm not interested in that sort of thing. Um, so I've bought all the, what are they, like passive skills. Um, so now I don't care about buying the others. I will buy them, I won't equip them, that sort of thing. Um, it's just a game with no substance, which is a real shame. But that is the way it is. Um, so yeah, you know, as each week passes, I am still playing it. I'll keep giving you little bits of updates and stuff. But really, it is what it is. There was a rumour that there was going to be um, an update to the game. And that update was going to be, they were going to put the team back in. I imagine at this point that's probably not going to be a thing. 
they have said as a company they're going to support the game and they continue to bring updates you know and they're going to support it as if it had been a success but i don't think that's true at this point in time i imagine they'll chop it off like a diseased limb you know oh there was a thousand people working on this game well i imagine 600 of those are probably going to lose their jobs and the 400 that are left are going to be given Breakpoint and three other projects to work on you know i don't foresee massive advancements in this game moving forward um and at the end of the day always comes back to what i was saying it's a shame because they could have you know they could have done better they could have advanced and they made a conscious decision not to do that um Ubisoft have, have, have basically come out and said that all they care about is, for want of a better way of putting it, all they care about is monetization. All they care about is finding new ways to monetize things. And whilst ever they're doing that, they are going to lose. Um, people are talking about the new Star Wars game and how it has nothing in it like monetization multiplayer loot boxes anything that they can make additional money none of that's in it and people are like wow that's what you want from your games these days you want a bit of wow not world of warcraft just you want people to be like oh that's different but unfortunately oh that's different is oh that's different there's a games company there that's not trying to make money off us every second that we're playing it that's interesting so yeah that is that's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. You'll keep getting little snippets of it as I um, keep playing it. Um, but like I say, don't go expecting huge advancements from this point on. Uh, that's kind of it for the week, ladies and gentlemen. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, but but Cookie, you always finish by talking about what you've been doing in the gym. Um, and you're right, I do always finish talking about what I've been doing in the gym. As you may have noticed over the last few weeks, that has become less of a conversation. Um, simply put, I'm working through some stuff at the moment, whether that's illness or whether that's other things. Um, I'm not down and I'm not out, but I have no update in that area to give you right now so instead i'll just say that's it for this week i'll speak to you next week and thank you very much for tuning in and listening to me wither on bye so there we go what do you think to that another week gone another podcast in the bag youtube watchers make sure you're subscribing liking and commenting sharing and all that stuff Everybody jump over to cookiecast.com, check us out over there, and send us some love. Until next week, I'm going to say bye, and I'm going to see you then. Bye-bye.